Previously on Episodical, The Search for B.B. Kimball. As much as I've been trying to avoid going down this path, especially after John Black was so rude to me, obviously Marlena Evans is somehow connected. Who exactly is Marlena Evans? Uh, Bibi was Dr. Evans' housekeeper. She was last seen entering the lobby of Marlena's penthouse in January of 1995. <laughs> Damn. I don't get it. What's so funny? 95 was the year Marlena was possessed by the devil. This is Commander Abe Carver. It's February 19th, 1995, 1200 hours. Today's interview is with a suspect in the unsolved case known as the Desecrator. Please state your name. Dr. Marlena Evans. Marlena, let me help me help you. I don't want to put you in jail. If you say all of this is because of anemia, I can send you home to rest. Marlena's possessed by the devil. Mr. Black. I'm sure you have good intentions. At least I hope so. But 1995 was a difficult year for all of us. Little Miss, you're poking your nose around in things that are very dangerous. For your own sake and for ours, go home. I'm Joe Kimball, and this is Episodical The Search for B.B. Kimball, Episode 4 Feelings. I want to start today's episode with gratitude. I didn't know what I was getting into when I began this podcast, and I feel like I've learned so much about this platform, even just in the past few weeks. As I've mentioned several times, I'm a writer. I currently work at WBEZ in Chicago. I'm not typically a voice artist or audio storyteller, and I just want to sincerely thank all of you listeners out there. I wouldn't be able to do this without you. Having said that, I want to address a quick challenge. Um, Yeah, a challenge that I've encountered in the past few days. As I've mentioned to anyone subscribed to our Substack, I've set up a tip line for tips about my mother's disappearance. And, well, uh, we've gotten several phone calls. I'm going to play a few for you now. Hi, yeah, I have a tip. Um, Here's my tip. Stop. Just stop. Stop doing the podcast. It's so clear that you have no idea where any of this is going, and it is frustrating to devote time, energy, to listening to something that is clearly never going to be solved. Time is money. You should be paying me to listen to this. Ugh. So, yeah, that's a a tip we received, I, I received this week. And I... You know what? I can take constructive criticism. I can. And so, thank you for voicing your concerns, scary man voice. Um, And you know, just to make it clear, I never promised that I would be able to solve the disappearance of my mother. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I said I might not solve it in the very first episode. Um, 
but but thank you, you know, for for sharing your feelings. Okay, so here's another message uh, we got on the tip line this week. Hi, yeah, I wanted to call in and let you know how offended I am by your podcast. Demons, possessions, this is classic devil-worshipping propaganda, and I'm not having it. I'm a God-fearing man who loves Jesus and wants nothing but peace in the world, so long as you believe in what I believe in, and I do not believe in the devil, except for in the Bible. I mean, yeah, the devil exists in the Bible, but not on podcasts. Okay, so just to clarify uh, to all the listeners, I do not believe in demons either. And I have seen and heard nothing so far that would lead me to believe otherwise. (laughs) I know that there was some confusion on the last episode when I manipulated one of the actor's voices, uh, the actor who was reading Marlena Evans' lines from the police transcription from 1995, when I manipulated her voice in post-production to sound like a demon. Um, The reason that I did that, well, okay, so you know what? There are two reasons. Number one, every time Marlena spoke in the police interview transcription from 1995, there were the words demon voice in brackets, as though Marlena was speaking like a demon in person. And number two, while my priority has always been to solve my mother's disappearance, I'm also here to provide audio entertainment. And that demon voice filter was cool. So that's what I have to say to that second tip that was left on the tip line. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for sharing your feelings. Um, And then here's the final tip I received this week. Good morning. Um, I I don't have a tip to help you find your mom. I'm so sorry. I'm actually just calling in to tell you how much I love and support the work that you're doing here. And actually, so does Satan. I am in contact with him through a series of vibrations, and he is enamored with what you are doing. There are a lot of Satan stands out here, actually. And if you're interested in hooking up with them, I can help you with that. You can call me, okay, at 512-696, and I can help you come to a ceremony, walk with the Dark Lord, check out a cemetery while burning sage and drinking blood, There's a lot that we do other than get Java on Tuesdays because we do do that as well. And we'd love to include you. So again, you can call me at 512-296. Have a great day. Uh Uh-huh. All right. (laughs) Just to put any confusion to rest once and for all, I am not a devil worshiper and I have no interest in becoming one. But thank you. For listening to my podcast and I appreciate you sharing your feelings. All right. So moving on. Um, I went for a jog in Salem Park this morning and I was recording myself. Sometimes I like to jog and record my to-do list for the day uh, when something surprising happened. I ran into John Black. <gasps> Be quiet. Don't scream. Don't scream. You're fine. Don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you. I just need to talk to you. Oh my god. Oh my god, you scared me. I'm sorry. You were running so fast, I needed to to grab you somehow. Do you know how many women go missing when they're out jogging? No. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. It's it's definitely a thing. (sighs) Look, I've been listening to your podcast. You have? 
Yes, you're talking about my life. Of course I'm listening to it. Uh, yeah, okay. Ah, uh, but I... I feel like I didn't come off very well. No, you did not. You did not come off. I, uh... I sounded insane and, uh, and rude. Rude. Very rude. And... And that's not me. It's not. Uh, I mean, I don't think it is. Uh, you're so handsome. Uh, thank you. I, I get that a lot. Uh, I need to talk to you about Marlena. I... I want to set the record straight. Oh, great. Can I... Does that mean I can... Can I talk to Marlena? No. But I have so many questions for Marlena. I understand, but she just got back home and she's... She's very fragile. What do you mean she just got back home? We thought she was dead for a while. She was presumed dead, but but she's alive. Uh, what? She's, she's home now. She's resting. She's resting with the family. But she's been through a lot of stress, and I, I don't want to put her through more... By, by reliving old stories. Well, you know, I just, if you were listening to the podcast, you heard that I, w- I just saw Kristen DeMera at the prison. I did hear that, yes. And Kristen told me that Marlena is a terrible person and she very likely did something awful to my mother. You can't believe anything that Kristen says to you. She's a liar. She's gone out of her way to, to make me and Marlena miserable for years, for decades. You can't believe her. She's in prison for a reason. Well, why why should I believe you? Because I'm telling you the truth. Because you're handsome? No. Because this is my life. And Marlene and I are are good people. We're important people in, in this town. People people love us. Now, I understand that some stories get out there and, you know, you can have a distorted view of the truth, but I want to tell you the truth. Okay, fine. Tell me the truth. My mother worked for Marlena in 1995. Okay. Yes. You're right about that. And I'm, I'm sorry I didn't remember her. I, I looked into Marlena's taxes from 1995, and yes, that name is there. Beatrice Kimball. Uh, she worked for Marlena. I... And now that I think about it, I think I remember her. Vaguely. Okay. Uh, she was very quiet, uh, hardworking. She, she ate in her car. She must not have been there for very long. She wasn't, no. She wasn't there for very long at all. Marlena had a lot of employees over the years, so I'm, I'm sorry if I didn't initially remember her. Okay, but this is all stuff I already know. Look, I can confirm that your mother... Uh, Bibi? Yes, Bibi. Left Marlena's penthouse alive. Well, no, because the, there's there's video footage of Bibi going into the penthouse, but there's no footage of her coming out. There was a back exit for the servants, an elevator. Oh. She must have gone out that way. A servant elevator? It's standard in a house like ours, yes. Yikes. Okay. Well, how can how can I prove how can you prove that she left? Look, Marlena is very thorough. Uh, she has lots of keepsakes from her past. She has answering machine tapes from the entire nineties. She has a box of tapes that I found in the storage space. She's a great organizer. She really is. Uh, okay. Uh, they're labeled by month. Uh, okay. It's very easy to find. So what about the tapes? Whoa. I want to play you this tape. 
Hey, Doc. John here. Just thinking about you. Oh, wait. That's that's not it. Sorry. Hey, Doc. John again. Still thinking about you. No, that's not it either. Hey, Dr. Evans. This is Beatrice. Just wanted to let you know I had to leave work a bit early today, so I didn't get a chance to stack all the Lunchables according to type. But I'll come early tomorrow to take care of it. Have a good night. Oh, my God. I know, right? Uh, that's incredible. Can can I can I keep this tape? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, keep it. Oh, thank you so much. Well, uh, that should settle that. Well, I'm so sorry about your mother, and I uh, I hope you get the answers you need. John, John, if if you've been listening to my podcast, you know that there's a lot of talk about Marlena being possessed by the devil. Now? No, not. Not now. Oh, it's yes, yes, that was past. that was long ago. That was long ago. We we can't talk about that. But I'd like to talk about that. We I... don't want to talk about that. Because it's not true, or because it is true. Look, I've given you all the help that I can. Now, please leave Marlena alone. Based upon this voice message that Bibi left in 1995, along with the fact that John Black says there's a, an antiquated and perhaps inappropriately classist servant's back entrance that Bibi may have exited on the day of her disappearance, based on this new info, it is likely that Marlena Evans is innocent in any wrongdoing regarding my mother's disappearance. And yet... I can't help but remember Kristen DeMira's warning about Marlena. Kristen said something like, People in this town are brainwashed by her. And then, even more damning, Kristen said, Marlena sucks. I, I know it's not proof, and I haven't even met Dr. Evans. Everyone else does seem to love her. Except Kristen. And maybe it's like John Black said, maybe Kristen is a liar. Gosh, I don't know. All I have is my gut instinct. And my guts are telling me something's off with Marlena Evans. I have two options here. I can either continue to be a disbeliever, poo-pooing any notion that Marlena Evans was ever possessed, or I can open myself up to the possibility. It does not mean I have to embrace it, but I can at least educate myself on demonic possession so that I have an informed opinion. I contact the closest Catholic Church diocese to see if they have any recommendations of professionals I could speak with in the area. They give me the information of two self-proclaimed possession experts living in Salem. According to their LinkedIn bios, the duo has worked as a team of exorcists for the past 15 years. They agree to meet me the next day so that I can ask their professional opinion on some questions I have about possession. They insist we meet at the local library. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Of course. Happy to be here. Uh, would you like to take a seat? I passed some tables over by the periodical no, section. No, we should stay here. The nonfiction section is the most private aisle in the library. 
Not many people in Salem read nonfiction. Too real. Oh, okay. Uh, would you mind introducing yourselves for the recording? My name is Dr. Lillian Badger. And I'm Sister Marion. And you've been working together for 15 years? Give or take. How did you two meet? Sister Marion is my sister. And Dr. Lillian is my sister. Oh, your sisters. Well, she's a sister who also happens to be my sister. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Uh, let's start with Sister Marion. How would you define demonic possession? Demonic possession is when a spirit, a demon, takes control over a person's body without that person's consent. And you believe in possessions? Absolutely. Satan walks among us and wants nothing more than to possess the mind and spirit of a true believer. Why does he want that? Satan is non-binary. Sorry, why would they want that? To corrupt the soul of a true believer is Satan's way of getting back at God. It all has to do with weakening God's followers while strengthening Satan's army. Uh Uh-huh. And what about you, Dr. Badger? Do you believe in demonic possession? In my experience, the majority of demonic possessions are a result of a mental break in a person's psyche. Which, in my experience, is short-sighted. Accounts of demonic possessions have been recorded throughout history. (laughs) Well, those records have never been scientifically proven. In fact, popular opinion is that these possession accounts my sister, Sister Marion, is referring to were just a way of explaining epilepsy or schizophrenia before they had the technology to understand what they were actually dealing with. As you can see, my sister, Dr. Lillian, and I like to keep each other in check. It's why we're so efficient in our work. She's the believer. And she's the skeptic. I prefer scientist. Got it. Okay. So you guys are like Mulder and Scully. I don't know who that is. Scalder and who? I guess the reason I reached out to you, beyond basic research for my story, is that I... I don't really believe in this stuff. And you're hoping we can prove it to you? Correct. Dr. Badger, you're the skeptic here. Scientist. Scientist. Have you ever seen a real possession? True possession is rare. I spend more time convincing people that they're not possessed than that they are. They're all possessed. That's not true. Potato, tomato. So... Dr. Badger, just to clarify, it's your opinion that there's always a real-world explanation for possession. Possession can often be attributed to a mental breakdown or an illness affecting the emotional health of the individual we're dealing with. A lot of times, the prescription is therapy, not exorcism. Trust me when I say that therapy with my sister, Dr. Lillian, can feel like an exorcism. She's joking. I am. I joke. Okay, well, mental illness is something that I can wrap my brain around, but how can you account for, like, the symptoms of possession? Like, when an object or objects fly around the room without anyone touching them? That's the demon wanting to create chaos in the environment. And I think it's just a shared hallucination among witnesses to the event. Like how when a group of people claim to see a UFO, but it's really just a weather balloon. 
what about the physical effects of possession, like a, a person's voice deepening in pitch? Yes, that would be the demon's voice coming through the human vessel. Or some people are just naturally talented at manipulating the pitch of their voice. I don't know if you're familiar with the Batman films. Mm, yeah, yeah, I've seen a few. Exactly. So when Bruce Wayne speaks, he sounds normal. But when he's Batman, his voice is deeper. I've always believed Batman is possessed. And I think he just needs therapy. Uh Uh-huh. You know Batman, but not X-Files? X-Who? Never mind. Uh, Going back to possessions, what what about the accounts of people who didn't know any foreign languages suddenly being able to speak full sentences in Latin. Demons are very well versed in Latin and classic demon language. Anyone can make up a sentence that sounds like Latin. Do you know what Latin sounds like? Cotara valenda in arabiata. See? Latin. Let's say someone was possessed and they did something awful to someone else. Maybe even killed this other person an innocent person. Would you hold the possessed person accountable? Absolutely. If the person is really a possessed demon, then that person must have done something awful to open themselves up to a demon in the first place. And what about you, Sister Marion? Would you hold a possessed person accountable? I would not. Being possessed is like... Think of it like your body is the car and there's a drunk driver behind the wheel. But the drunk driver is Satan. Okay. Um, well, thank you both for your time Who's today. the person you're researching from 1995 that was possessed? Maybe we've heard of them? And- Keeping in mind that there is no empirical evidence that proves possession is real. The person's name is Marlena Evans. Oh yeah, she was possessed. Super, Super famous, famous possession. Everyone in the exorcism industry knows about Dr. Evans. She's legit. There you have it. Whether you or I believe in the devil or not, it seems to be an open secret in Salem that Dr. Marlena Evans was possessed by the devil. Hey Joe, it's Dev. Again. Did I do something wrong? I wish you'd call me back. It really hurts my feelings when you ghost me like this. But maybe I did something to upset you? If so, I'm really, really sorry. Please call me when you can. Love you. If you remember from a couple of episodes ago, my boyfriend Dev left me an angry and aggressive message. I haven't returned any of his calls or texts since then. This whole nice boyfriend, bad boyfriend behavior is not unusual for Dev, and I just need a break. I'm not sure what's going on with us. Also, I went out on a date with someone else last night. This probably is not the nicest way for Dev to find out. I feel like a real Matt Damon breaking up with Minnie Driver on the Oprah Winfrey show in 1998 right now, but Dev, he probably doesn't listen to my podcast anyways, so whatever. So yeah, I said yes to Officer Greer's offer to go out. We met up at the Salem Grill. He was very nice. And not to be a total jerk, but I was kind of there for reasons beyond just going out on a date with a nice guy. 
Officer Greer has been listening to the podcast and I thought maybe he could do me a favor and look into some of the things John Black told me yesterday. Hey, Joe, how are you? Officer Greer here. <laughs> you know that. I don't know why I said Officer Greer, but okay, anyway, uh, I just want to say last night was fantastic. I haven't laughed that much in a long time. So thank you so much. And thank you for picking up the check. That was very kind of you. I promise you I have a wallet. I have a license. I have an ID. I am a real person. I'm so sorry. I left it in my locker. Uh, the next round, next dinner on me, I guarantee it. Um, if you're down for it, which I hope you are. Um, anyway, um, I wanted to follow up on the favor that you asked. So, yeah, there is a servant's elevator in the back of the building. But when I looked into the construction permits over the past 20 years, that building only added that elevator in 2010. So there's no way that BB could have left out the back in 1995. There was no back. So there you go. <laughs> that solves that, right? Um, oh, and, you know, when we were talking about Dr. Marlena Evans, I just want to say that I really, really think she's top-notch. I mean, I hate that this, like, paints her in a strange light, bad light, whatever. I mean, she's not like that at all. It's She's a, she's a really, really kind person. And honestly, there's probably some, like, really obvious and simple explanation for it all. You know, probably, like, she... Okay, I can't think of one, but, you know, you, you'd probably think of one, right? You're the smart detective, right? <laughs> I'm not a detective yet. Uh, one day... Uh, still doing traffic stops and public urination and decent exposures. You know, just the fun stuff. You don't want to hear that. Okay, anyway, um, th thanks again for dinner, uh, and I hope this information helps you. And, uh, you know, I'm free tonight if you'd like to get together and grab a drink or something. Um, uh, call me back. Uh, my number is 911. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You have my number. Okay, all right, bye. All right, so here I am again, standing outside of the apartment building that I lived in with my mother. Still boarded up. It's raining outside. I don't know. There's just something about this place. I have this nagging feeling that I need to get inside and just be there. It's really the only place that I spend a lot of time with my mother. And I feel like if I can just get into that area and that space that maybe I could, I don't know, remember something about her. Just feel her presence. The more time I spend in this strange town, the further away I feel from reality. And I just need something to ground me and remind me why I'm here. It's to find my mother. It's not to get caught up in, I don't know, devil stuff. So I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna break in and we'll see what happens. Inside the apartment. Once I made it past the fence and through the front door, the, the, the padlock on the front door, it just fell off. It wasn't even really locked. Oh, it's very damp and dark in here. Let me turn on my 
cell phone light. What is the smell? This has been Episode 4 of Episodical, The Search for B.B. Kimball. I'm Joe Kimball. Please, if you have a tip, which is an actual tip in regards to my mother's disappearance, call the tip line. If not, please do not call the tip line. But please do rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts.